joining us today in episode number 210 of the Real Life Writers Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about goal setting and the limitations that we place on ourselves, whether we realize it or not. How do you know if you're setting the right goals? How do you know if you're shooting to be too small or if you should expand a little bit? Actually let go and see what you're really capable of. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so today we're talking about goal setting, and if you haven't thought about goals in a while, it might be a good time to kind of check in with yourself and kind of see where you stand as far as what you're going for. I think that this is definitely something that I've started to do a little bit more recently because with the on onset of like races coming back, I should the onset or the advent of races coming back, you know, everybody seems to be signing up for a race. Everybody's like, what are you what are you training for? What's your goal? Like what's going on? So we felt like this was a good time to kind of talk about goal setting and some of the goals that we set for ourselves. Yeah, there was there was goal setting inside of the world where there no were no races. So you could set yeah. whatever goal you wanted which was fun which was kind of an interesting thing and then people kind of got like bored with that well some people did some people kept setting new crazy like mm-hmm. on quarantined goals and things of that nature different Set up challenges that they run did. streaks and different challenges and and then other people just kind of faded off and now that races mm-hmm. are starting to come back it's like okay well now i'm not even sure what to do with this like right oh I, I don't know what kind of time i should put on that race it's been so long since i did the last race and there's a lot of things that come up that kind of hold people back from figuring out what their next goal should be yeah so if you know anything about goal setting if you maybe have gone over goal setting through organizations or you've read books or you know done any sort of personal development type of work around goal setting you probably have heard the term smart goals right so smart goals basically are supposed to be specific this is a smart is an acronym so it stands for specific measurable achievable results oriented or relevant and time oriented okay so today we want to talk a little bit about that a right so the a in smart goals is achievable right you should set a goal that you are able to achieve but how do we know what goals we are and aren't able to achieve yeah it's a combination of of a and t yeah achievable and in a timely manner Mm -hmm. because having a goal that doesn't really have like a, a tight timeline on it also means that goal can be a little bit more big and Mm -hmm. daring and and out there. Right. And I think that like one of the big spoiler alerts that I want to say right off the bat is it's okay if you get your goals wrong. Well, yeah. You know, like I think that this is one of the things that I had a hard time with when it comes, when it came to goal setting before is that like if I set a goal and then I didn't achieve it, I thought I was a failure, right? Like I was like, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to have this result in this amount of time. And if that amount of time passed and I didn't have that result, then I was like, well, crap, I just failed again, you know? And I would see that as a negative. And I just now, the way that I've like, with all the things that I've been learning about goal setting and personal development and, you know, creating my life on, on demand and, and doing whatever I want in my life is that sometimes, especially if you dream bigger, whether this is in your running or in the rest of your life, if you dream bigger, sometimes you're going to get those goals wrong. Sometimes, especially you're going to get that timeline wrong. You know, maybe you're working towards something and you think you're able to achieve that thing. And maybe you just need a little bit more time because things came up along the way, you know, real life got in the way. Um, Maybe it didn't go as smoothly or maybe you just miscalculated. Yeah. Just miscalculated. Because when you do something that you've never done before, and you set a big goal, you don't actually know if you're capable of achieving it. You have to believe that you are, right? Like when you start that process, you have to believe that you are. And you think that like, if everything goes right, I should be able to attain it in this amount of time. But like, you don't really know. No, you don't. Because if if it's a goal of something that's not a repeat goal. If it's a goal that's really a a reach goal that's going to push you and change you, it's a goal of something that you haven't accomplished. And just because maybe someone else has accomplished it doesn't mean that you can follow it on their timeline. You're following it on on your timeline. Yeah. So, you know, one of the the things about having a goal in the first place is it just kind of keeps you from generally floating around and, Mm -hmm. and not getting anywhere. It gives you a direction. But it doesn't give you every single exact step along the way. It's not... Um, you know, it, it's not the piece by piece 
roadmap of how to get like turn by turn directions. Yeah, the, it's not the Lego directions. It's not Lego right? directions. So like, and, and that's a good thing to point out, right? Like goal setting just basically gives us that general direction of something that we're striving for. But like Kevin said, we don't know all of the steps along the way until we actually start on the journey. Right. The closer the next step is, the clearer the map is. Yes. So, you know, you might be able to say, all right, I'm eventually aiming for that thing off in the distance. So my next step needs to be X, Y, or Z Mm -hmm. so that I can eventually get out to that thing. But you don't know what all of the steps are. The closer it is, and that's the whole idea behind the smart goals is you want to set up these mini goals along the way that they're timely and achievable so that you can keep seeing that thing but i i want to take a step back beyond the smart goals and say what about that bigger thing you're aiming for right like instead of just having a smart goal that you're like all right this is what i'd like to accomplish and i nailed it by the end of the week like what about that bigger dream well i think that we can still use the acronym smart we just have to change the a okay and i heard this from one of our you know online business mentors instead Instead of the A being achievable, the A can also be adventurous. Excellent. Right? So it's specific. It's measurable, you know, whether or not you're going to achieve that goal, but it should also be adventurous. It should be something that's out of your comfort zone, that's going to push you beyond your limits. It's something that you're not 100% sure if you're going to be able to achieve. You know, you're going to do your best to try, but you're not totally sure if you can get there because it's such a big goal. Yeah, and I mean, that's where trying to like nail down the preciseness of that. So I, I have part part of my issue with the super big dream goal is the specific is sometimes people can get bogged down in worrying about the specific aspect mm-hmm. of it and not start working towards it. Absolutely. Because they're they're just spending so much time trying to make sure that the goal is written correctly. Right. So you don't want to get so bogged down in like setting the goal that you, it takes you longer to actually start taking the steps toward that goal. Right. So there's a couple ways that you can kind of get stuck when you're trying to create the goal that's actually going to hinder you from starting to take the, the steps to achieve it. And the first one is too much evaluation of your current state, okay? Like, honestly, assessing where you are is really, really important. We've talked about this many times. You know, you have to have a a good, accurate, honest assessment of your current state, of your starting point, so that, you, you you know, you have to know where you are so that you know where you want to go and you start to know those first few steps at a minimum of how you want to get there. Right. So you have like that big goal out in the future. You've got this like general map of the area of, all right, I want to get over there. You need to know your starting points. You need to know your your first few moves. If you don't have an honest assessment, if you pretend that you're already at step like G, but you're actually at step A, you're not getting there. Yeah. And I think a lot of this comes from judgment. You know, we, we judge ourselves and we think that we should be further along than we already are, or we're not happy with the current state that we're in. So we want to be further ahead. So so we just say that we are, but we can't do that because if you skip, you know, steps two through five and just go from one to six, you're going to not be at the right place, right? You're going to end up, if, if we want to go into running, you know, if you jump into a training plan too much too soon, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get burnt out. You're gonna, something is going to go wrong if you jump into a training plan that is too much for you, if you start doing too much too soon. So you need to assess your current state with no judgment and also no attachment. You know, you can't say like, oh, I really wish I was further along right now because that's just not helpful. Like, yes, I want to be at this other point and that's why I'm going to set a goal and then start taking steps to get there. But in order to do that, I need to be very honest with myself because if you're lying to yourself at the beginning, you're probably going to lie to yourself along the way and that makes it less likely that you're actually going to achieve that goal. Yeah, the lack of attachment is a is a 
important thing to this. Like this is the point of having a goal is saying this is where I am. Not that this is me and I'm defined by my current state and I'm trapped at my current state. Like this is an honest assessment of my current state of being and this is the goal. And then your mind has to jump to that goal place. It can't be stuck in, oh, this is my current state. I wish I wasn't here. Wishing is not going to get you out of your current state. You actually just have to say, well, that's that's what I've got and that's where I'm heading and then be done with it Mm -hmm. and start making progress. Yeah, exactly. Another thing that can hold you back when it comes to setting down, you know, setting a goal is too much concern on the timeline. And I know that this is definitely something that has held me back before because I'm like, well, I think it should be able to take me this long to achieve this thing, but I'm not really sure. And again, especially if you've never done it before, you cannot be certain of the timeline. And also if you can't, you know, foresee the next 12 weeks or six months of your life because you're not God, you know, you don't know what's actually going to happen. You don't know whether or not that timeline is going to be correct. So you just have to make an educated guess. You have to make your best guess based on the information that you have. And you have to be okay with that being wrong too. Like you have to work hard to try to achieve it within that timeline, but don't do anything stupid. You know, don't try to jump into a plan that you're not ready for just because you have a half marathon. Oh, I want to write, run this half marathon in 12 weeks, but you know, right now I can't even run a mile. Like that's not a good place for you to be when, if you want to achieve that goal, like set that reasonable timeline and be okay if it takes a little bit longer for you than it might for somebody else. Like there's nothing wrong with that because it's your journey. It's not anyone else's. Right. The, the running timelines get a little tricky on this because, you know, as you see in, in most plans online or in books or things like this, half marathons take 12 weeks. Right. Or you can get from a couch to running a 5K in nine weeks, I think is a popular one that you see online. The couch to 5K Couch to 5K. For some reason, it's nine. I don't know why it's nine, but that's, that's what it is. But what if... What if something derails you in the middle of it? Then it doesn't fit into that window anymore. Mm -hmm. And you could still possibly show up and run the race and get to the finish line, but it might not be your fastest. And so many people get bogged down in, well, my goal was to run my fastest ever. It just... It's if it's your first time doing the distance, first off, it's automatically your fastest. Which is awesome. Congrats. And secondly, it it doesn't have to be your fastest. Like that's gonna be the fastest that you can go during that training cycle. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you can't then start another training cycle and go for your fastest in that one, which may or may not be faster. Like you're gonna go the fastest you can in that window. Right, because ultimately your effort level is what you get to control. You don't actually get to control what that time is on the clock. And this is both freeing and liberating and also kind of like sad in some ways, right? Because like as humans, I think that we just have this natural inclination to want to control things, right? And so it should mean, you know, if I follow a plan that says I'm, I, it's a sub two hour half marathon plan and I follow that plan, I should be able to achieve a sub two hour half marathon and you may or may not, you know, and that's, that may or may not have anything to do with your training that actually went into it, right? Like, was it the plan? who knows like has that plan worked for other people probably especially if it has that title of sub two hour half marathon plan but like just because that's the plan doesn't mean that that is the perfect plan for everyone and there's plenty of runners professional runners elite runners real life runners that have proven that you can achieve incredible results on all sorts of different types of plans and one plan that works for one person might not work for another one Right. And there's also plenty of professional elite runners out there that have shown that a plan can completely work for them and then they can run the same plan and just lay an egg. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that the plan went wrong. That doesn't mean that there was something wrong with them. Just something went off because there are things outside of your control. What you can control is the effort that you put into whatever the the goal is that you're aiming for, your effort into your workouts, your effort and commitment to the plan, your effort on race day, but other things can come up that are beyond your control. Right. And the thing is, you know, if you really think about it, our bodies are completely different every single day, right? Like we have 
hormone fluctuations. The weather outside is different. We have different stress and things that like we're concerned about or thinking about in our lives. Things are happening at work or with our families. You literally are a different person in some ways every single day of your life. So just because a training plan worked really well for you the first time, it might not be the best for you the second time around, you know, or maybe it is, you know, maybe you, you train with the same plan and you get better results the second time. Like, cause you, sometimes you just don't know. And which, and that is kind of, like I said, kind of liberating, right? As long as you're out there putting in your best effort, whatever that result is, you have to just like learn to be happy with that, right? Because that's what you had on that given day or within that given training cycle. Like I know that there are workouts that I've run before that, you know, quarter repeats or whatever it might be that I've just gone out and felt good that day and just absolutely crushed them and others same workout same goal you know same effort level same pace same recovery all things the same same time of day that I ran it right but it's a different day and it didn't go as well and I didn't feel as well or I had to it felt like it was more of a struggle and that's just because I was a different person when I showed up that day right and so all of this really affects how uh, how quickly you'll be able to head towards the goal. You know, you line up a few weeks in a row of not having good consistent workouts or really not feeling good for several workouts. You might just actually need to take some time off mm-hmm. kind of take a personal evaluation be like, is this the plan that I need to commit to? Or do I need to back off of the plan? And that's going to affect your timeline. You can't be so committed to a plan yeah. just because the plan says, if I do this thing day by day, then I'll get to the results. If you're already struggling on the plan on week like three how are you really going to be feeling on 10 and I think that this is one of the downfalls of signing up for races like and I'm not telling you not to do it because we encourage you to sign up for races you know running races is super fun you're with the running community Um, there's so many benefits of like challenging yourself pushing yourself setting a goal all of those things are great but you just have to understand that like you know, when you get to that race day, you may have to adjust your goal. And this is why we suggest having different levels of goals, having A, B, and C goals, right? So that you can kind of adjust based on how you feel that day. And that's not an out, you know, that's not just a free ticket of you like saying like, oh, I'm not feeling so great. So I'm just going to adjust my goal downward. Like it's you taking an honest assessment of yourself and saying like, okay, this is what my goal was going into this training cycle. But like, Let's look over the past 12 weeks and see what's happened. Is this still a realistic goal? Maybe it is. You know, maybe that's going to be your A goal and you're just going to adjust like B and C. Like you can do a little bit of adjusting along the way. But I think that that's where a lot of runners can get into trouble because they put these things on the calendar, right? They they plan a vacation around a race or they sign up for the race like a year ahead of time because it's the early bird discount and it's half price. And that's fantastic. But you have no idea what's going to be happening in your life a year down the road. You hope everything is still going to be okay and that you're going to be able to do the race and, and all that's good. And I would encourage you to do so, but just go into that race with like, expectations that um, I don't want to say necessarily realistic expectations because those are somewhat important but sometimes it's really important to just go in and kind of see what's going to happen because you know we're talking here about setting goals but we're also you know going to get into a little bit more of those adventurous types of goals where you know you might not know what you're actually capable of and sometimes we actually set goals that limit us okay but we're going to get into that in a second but the last thing that can kind of hinder people from setting the goals or you know take a little bit too much time to set the goals is too much concern about other people like what are other people going to think or say if I share my goal with them. Yeah, like that's that's the third one. So just to kind of recap here, you've got spending too much time just trying to evaluate your current state and then getting upset about your current state as though being upset about it is somehow going to fix it rather than setting a goal and changing your current state. Too much concern about the timeline and too much concern about anybody else's thoughts on your goals. Their thoughts don't really affect your goals. Set the goal that is important to you without worrying about what someone else is going to say or worrying about the the two big ones here. What happens if I get my goal and what happens if I don't get the goal, mm-hmm. which both of them can come up and be concerning. Like if you put some crazy goal out there and then you achieve it, well, oh my goodness, then what are you supposed to do? Like you, you achieved the big goal 
now what? Like right. that can be daunting in and of itself. And the opposite is the one that holds people back is what if I set a goal and I don't get it? Yeah. Then everyone's going to think that I'm a failure, which is complete baloney. And that's not how that works. Like you set a crazy big goal and then if you don't get it, well, then you can keep working to it or you can maybe reevaluate and see if that's actually still something that matters to you, but not getting it the possibility of not getting it is not a reason to not have that as a goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, you say that it's complete baloney. I think it feels really real though. You know, and I think that this is a really important thing to acknowledge because it's really easy for us to say like, oh, it doesn't matter what other people think. And that's, you know, baloney and, you know, you should just do something that feels good to you. And all of that is for sure true. But it's also important to acknowledge that those are all definitely real feelings and real concerns. And all of us have them as human beings. Like, I think that it's a very natural thing to want to know what other people think of us and to want other people to value us and to think highly of us. Like, that's just part of being human because as humans, we are tribal people, right? Like, at you know, when we talk about like evolution and talk about fitting in with the group, that used to be a survival thing, right? Like if you were an outcast, if you didn't fit in with the group, if the tribe didn't like you, you were on your own and you are much more vulnerable on your own. So we as human beings are wired to connect with other people and care about what other people think about us. So don't feel badly about yourself for caring either. Okay. So I think that that's really important. Like when we get talk about like judgment and attachment, like we agree, you know, we do want you to work on that, you know, trying to let go of other people's opinions or other people's judgments of you. Cause truly it's not important, right? Like your goal should be your own, but understand that like, if you do still care, it's okay. You know, you're allowed to care about it and then just kind of reprogram be like, okay, I can see myself like, caring a little bit too much here. I'm just going to let go of that and I'm going to focus on what's important to me. Right. And that's where uh, we kind of move into our next thing, which is the whole concept behind like just letting go of some of that, letting go of a lot of the things that will hold you in trying to create the perfect ideal goal. A lot of being able to move past that of your personal evaluation, you're trying to figure out the timeline, you're concerned about other people, or you're concerned about that voice in your own head that's still honestly a concern about other people is just getting rid of some of those things, just releasing those from you and then making your goal. Say, what if, what if I didn't have to be bogged down and and so dwelling on my current state? What if I didn't worry about how long it was going to take me to get to this? What if I could let go of anybody else's thoughts about this goal, then what would my goal be? Yeah, I think this is a cool concept too. And this is something that I learned from my coach about setting an impossible goal. So the way that my coach um, frames this basically is saying that like, you should set a goal that is what is called an impossible goal. And the first thing, when I first heard about this, I, you know, right away was like, what the heck is this? You like, check back your smart. You're like S M A R T. There's not an I in that. No, but not even that. (laughs) But like, seriously, she's going to tell me that my goal is impossible. Shouldn't she be telling me that all things are possible? Like to me as a coach, like, you know, you don't, you don't know your limits. Everything is a possibility, blah, 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 blah. Right. Which all sounds great on paper, but like, When you set a goal that is so big that you have no idea if and how you're going to achieve it, then what happens is that you kind of override your brain, okay? So anytime you set a goal, any type of goal, your brain is always going to try to tell you that it's not possible. Your brain is always going to try to find evidence of because, you know, goals are automatically outside of our comfort zone. And when we're trying to move outside of our comfort zone, our brain doesn't want to go there because... Our brain likes being comfortable. It likes being safe. It likes the known, right? It does not like the unknown. So your brain is always going to go to work to find reasons why you shouldn't work towards that goal. You know, so when it's time, you know, if it's an early morning and you got to get up and run, your brain's like, nah, let's stay in bed. You know, like, let's stay right where we are right now. So your brain's always going to try to counteract that goal. And there's a cool phenomenon that if you set a goal that's so big that you already accept that it's impossible, then you kind of like 
just it's like a, a detour around that part of your brain because then your brain starts offering things like it's not even possible what are you even thinking trying to do that and you're like yeah I know it's an impossible goal I've already accepted that it's impossible but I'm still going to work to try to achieve it like that's the that's the key right is like setting that's the catch it's like it's setting a goal and then still working towards it even if it's impossible to just see how far you can get how close can you get so that when your brain starts to offer that resistance you're like yeah yeah I already know this part like I already know my goal is impossible I'm not planning on achieving it but how close can I get to it that's what I'm wondering yeah it's it's a very different and very important mindset switch in that last part of the acceptance that your goal is impossible and you're working anyway Mm -hmm. because you know we we've had goal setting episodes where we've talked about this that if your goal is too big your brain will dismiss it as impossible and you'll just shut down and not even try it right like that's the danger of the goal that's so big that you just your brain says it's too big why even start right but if you set that huge goal and you you tell yourself that it's impossible right and so that when your brain starts offering that resistance, you're like, yeah, I already know that, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then it just wipes off all resistance. You're Correct. like, yes, I, I got it. Like there's, it's, it is the brain trick of the class clown, mm-hmm. the class clown who makes the joke and laughs before anybody else can laugh at him. Mm. He's already laughing like, oh yeah, good one. Oh, kind of, they're making fun of themselves. You trick your brain. You're like, yeah, of course it's impossible. I defined it that way. Yeah. So you don't need to tell me it's impossible. I already said so. Yeah, I already said so and I'm going to do it anyway. Yep. And the fun thing about those is like when you set goals like that, a lot of times you end up achieving them because you're not so concerned and so attached to the outcome. You're more focused on the steps along the way to try to get there, right? And that's really what's going to get you to that place. It's not focusing on the exact steps to get there and it's not focusing on actually achieving that outcome because I think that's where we get bogged down so many times is like that fear of not achieving the thing right like I don't want to put all this work in and then not attain that and it's like well why not because that's where the transformation happens that's where the beauty comes that's where you actually see what you're made of it's in the steps to get there it's in the attempts it's in the failures and the getting back up you know falling down getting back up doing it over again understanding that you know you try one thing it doesn't work and you're like okay I need to learn from that and now I'm going to try something else it's being willing to just try and fail over and over and over again in pursuit of that impossible goal that makes life so much richer and more interesting right so to to kind of a s- attempt to get your brain to that place of creating an impossible goal, you have to let go of all of that stuff that was kind of slowing you down in your goal setting in the first place. All this baggage that you carry around that prevents you from stating how big that goal could be. And this whole idea of letting go and, and, and being free kind of inspired this episode from um, a very exciting adventure that occurred around my birthday where Angie surprised me with um, reservations to jump out of a plane, <laughs> um, which is a very freeing experience. And yeah. people have all sorts of different experiences with this. People are very nervous about this. Uh, skydiving is something that I'd wanted to do for a long time. And I was never quite sure why I wanted to do it. I just, I did. Like, it just seemed really exciting to me. And I wasn't, like, nervous about it. And the the whole process was, in fact, not really a nerve-wracking experience at all. Mm-mm. Like, we went, it was a, a tandem skydive. So, like, there's a guy who's very well, well-trained. And I asked him, how many times do you do this? He goes, you know, like, 10 to 12 a day. Like, he just keeps jumping out of planes all day long. And he's strapped onto my back with, like, 17 different buckles. So there's, this is an incredibly safe process. But but ultimately, you still have to, like, there's a book of waiver that you're signing off of, like, you know, in case I die, my family won't sue you. Like, it doesn't even say, like, I won't sue the place. It's like, in case I'm dead, my family won't press charges. Like, hey, let me just go ahead and sign away on this thing. Then you go out there, you watch the video about, like, all of the dangers that could happen. And then you go and meet the guy that's going to strap himself to your back. And he walks up and he goes which is remarkably reassuring, despite the fact that it doesn't sound reassuring. He goes, all right, so everything you just read and everything you just watched in the video, forget it all. You're going to be safe because you're with me. (laughs) 
And it's like, oh, okay. And that it's just, it's freeing. And that's the same idea of let go of all of this junk that you're carrying around. If you put a goal out there and you say, all right, I don't care what the timeline is. I'm just going to aim for this goal. It takes away a lot of the pressure from it. You know, watch this video. And it was like, oh, after you jump in, make sure that you keep your eyes on the, you know, the, the altimeter on your wrist and check it every three to five seconds. I'm plummeting towards the ground at 120 miles an hour. I'm not going to be checking my wrist every three to five seconds because I'm not going to be counting. Like, I'm not going to keep track of this. And they're like, and then once you reach a certain level, then you have to make sure that you reach back and pull the cord and then hold this. So much is coming at you in this short little video. And for him to walk up and be like, don't worry about anything you saw in the video. You're with me. You're going to be fine. It's like, oh, okay then. And so it just took all of the stress off of it. It was so freeing to let go of it. Then you go to the next, like, unbelievably freeing thing. Get up into a plane and stand in the doorway. I wasn't holding on to anything. I'm sure that there are other skydiving places that you, like, hold on to the, the side of the thing. And then the guy behind you goes, like, all right, one, two, three, now let go. And off you go. I've talked to other people. They were like, oh, no, I held on to, like, the side of the door and then we jumped. I didn't. I was like strapped to this guy's chest. He reached up over the top of me, grabbed the bar on the door and goes one, two, three, and then kind of like pushes and out, out I go. I wasn't holding anything in the first place. I had already let go. I was ready to jump. There was no stopping because there was nothing really to hold on to. Like I could have reached back and grabbed the guy. That would not have accomplished anything. I could have tried to hold the side of the plane. He just would have gone. Like we were just jumping out of the plane. And it was so freeing and it was so liberating. There was nothing scary about it because I had just let go of any thoughts of danger, any thoughts that this could go wrong because the guy told me we're going to be fine. And that is sort of the mind frame that you have to come into when you set the really big goal is nothing's going to go wrong if I just set a big goal and aim for it because the worst thing that could happen is... I just don't achieve that goal in the timeline that I've picked out. You know, the worst thing that happens in the skydiving is the parachute doesn't work. Well, then the backup parachute. Oh, but then what if we both forget to pull the chute? Oh, well, there's actually a device built into the parachute that it just releases automatically at 4,000 feet. It's got so much safety backups. So does your goal. Because you've got your big goal and your timeline that you'd like to hit it in, but then you've got a little bit of a longer timeline. And then you've got your B goal, and you've got your backup plan, and you've got other routes. The big goal is still the one that's so exciting. And you make it by actually just letting go of all of the junk that you're carrying along with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, it's so true what you're saying, but I think it's so difficult for us to do that, right? Because I feel like a lot of times when we have that baggage, like our doubts, our fears, our anxiety, logic, right? Like, logic. Uh, like this doesn't seem achievable. Like, you know, safe concerns over our safety, right? Like these types of baggage that we all carry, they seem, it seems very safe. It seems like it's there to protect us, right? But like you said, a lot of times you just have to let that go to actually fly and to actually see what you're capable of because we so many times have self-imposed limits that don't need to be there you know like holding on to the side of the plane and white knuckling it is not going to change the outcome of you jumping out of the plane I mean I guess it can if you refuse to to go but then think about the experience that you would have missed out on right I, that kind of goes to I how I like to ride roller coasters. I don't hold on to anything on a oh, roller coaster. Oh, I do. I hold on so tightly. You white knuckle <laughs> as though somehow holding on to the handles in front of you will keep you safer. But it's not. I know. And I got the same thing when I was skydiving, except even more exhilarating because there's nothing to hang on to. Like I could have like awkwardly reached back and tried to like backwards hug the guy behind me, but... I don't think I could have because the wind was flying past too much. And so, you know, you just do what the video said. Like, just kind of stick your arms out to the wide, to the side and, and off you go. And it was so freeing. It was, it was peaceful on the way down. People were like, isn't it, like, terrifying? Like, no, it's, it's remarkably peaceful to just kind of fall through the air. Because mm -hmm. I, I had released everything. The guy was totally in charge. Like, he was in charge of when the parachute went up. I mean, he goes, all right, it's time. And then, like, hits me on the arm, and I reach back and grab the, the 
uh, ripcord on on his waist because it wasn't on me. Like he was in charge, and if I missed, then he's going to pull the ripcord, and poof, the parachute goes up. Like that's how it's going to work. So who's going to pull the ripcord when we don't like achieve our goals, or when we decide to let go? Well, see, here's the thing: is if you put that big goal out there, you've got nothing but a soft landing. You have to accept that that landing is going to be smooth. Even if you miss the goal, you're still going to enjoy the adventure. That's why I think A for adventurous is a much better way to go with than mm. A for attainable. Like that just doesn't seem as or achievable. Either way. But it doesn't sound as exciting. Well, I think it's it's important to understand different goals are made for different purposes, right? Yes. Like you can have that large, adventurous, impossible goal out there, but you still need those smaller, smart goals along the way. And you might not know the entire path. Like you might think it's one way and then you kind of start going that way and you're like, nope, this isn't the way. And then you have to take a detour, right? And so it's really important for us to just be willing and open to figuring it out as we go. Because I think that this is another thing that bogs us down a lot of times is having to know the how. Like, you know, I have to know exactly how I'm going to get from where I am now to where I need to be or want to be. And you can know a certain amount. But like sometimes you don't know what the whole journey is going to look like. And that's really kind of an exciting thing. Like if you knew how your entire life was planned out for you, would it be that fun? Would it be that exciting if you already knew what the outcome is going to be? Yeah, I mean, that's and exactly how you were going to get there. That's where logic tries to limit our own goals for of sure. what, how am I possibly going to get there? It doesn't make any sense, you know. And to to take this to a more running specific thing. All the time. We have athletes that that are on the, the Real Life Runners team. We have athletes on our cross-country team that are asking, like, Coach, how fast do you think I could go on this one? Like, I don't know. Go as fast as you possibly can. And sometimes I have a pretty good guess. And depending on, like, the experience that that person has, I can give a, a, a decent range. Mm-hmm. I can never predict exactly what it's going to be because yeah. you don't know what's going to show up on that particular day. And one of the worst things that I think you could do as a coach is be like, oh, how fast do I think your 5K is going to be? Mm, somewhere between like 20 and 21 minutes. What if that kid had 1930 in him that day? Yeah. You know, you don't want to put a limit on it and be like, oh, don't take it out too fast because then you you might burn out at the end. Yeah. Or you might not. Right. Like that's the exciting. Like we had a, a team member that was racing a mile the other day and, she asked, how fast do you think you could go? I'm like, mm, not going to predict that one. Yeah. I'll let you know afterwards what my guess would have been, but I am 100% not predicting a mile because people tend to be way faster than I would have safely guessed. Mm-hmm. Like I can give a safe range, but people tend to overperform. I know uh, you are one of these people that you are faster at a mile like if you use the magic chart that I have, yes. your mile pace and your half marathon pace, they don't match. They don't match. It, yeah. If you use my half marathon pace or half marathon time to predict my mile pace, it's slower than what I'm capable of. Right. And if you use my mile time or my 5k time to predict my half marathon time, it's much faster than I've accomplished and you have- so far. And you have lots of friends that have fallen into this thing also that like you've got a smartwatch that suggests, oh, your whatever levels. Garmin is so sweet to me. (laughs) It says that I'm capable of so, so much faster times. And I'm like, am I really? And, you know, they've got all sorts of data coming in from your wrist and then they put it into whatever Mm -hmm. algorithm they have and they have their race predictors. And you're probably closer to their race predictor on your mile than on your half marathon. Yeah. And I know that you've got friends that you run with that have the exact same thing, that they're a lot closer on their mile than they are on their half marathon. Yeah. Does that mean that, like, could you put that half marathon that your watch suggests as the big goal? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, That'd be be. pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. And you're looking at it and you're like, but logically that doesn't even make sense. And Garmin's like, well, actually I'm a computer with an algorithm, so that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. I mean, you never know what you're capable of. And like one of my favorite stories, you know, with this kind of mindset is like one of our cross country runners a few years ago, I was running with the team um, and I just went out. It was like a casual four mile run. Oh, this is a good one. And I went out on this run and I was just chatting with one of our runners. And we just chatted the whole time, you know, and we were running 
at, I forget what exactly what pace we were running in. And afterwards she, you know, we had a race coming up in like a day or two. And she's like, coach, what do you think I can achieve? Like, what do you think I'm capable of? And I was like, oh, you can definitely get under 27. You know, I forget. Um, I think I'm pretty sure it was 27 at the time. And she like, maybe it was 25. And she like looked at me and was like, really? And I was like, yeah, totally. I'm like, we were just running at, you know, whatever pace for four miles. And you were just casually chatting with me. You could definitely run, you know, under whatever number it was. I think it was 27 or, and, and, um, and then I talked to you afterwards and I said, yeah, you know, she asked me this and like, she seemed surprised by that. And you looked at me and you're like, Angie, she's never broken 30 before. And I was like, really? Like, I just, I didn't know what her PR was. And like, based on just me chatting with her and us going, whatever, you know, that's just kind of what I came up with. I was like, oh, you're totally capable of that. And sure enough, like she went out in the race and she broke that time limit that I gave to her. And she was ecstatic. She's like, I never imagined that I was capable of that. And it was just like, it's almost like I gave her permission to believe, right? And so that's what we want to do for you guys right now with this podcast. Like we want to give you permission to dream big and to believe in yourselves because even if you don't achieve the goal, think about how much fun you're going to have in chasing after it and like seeing what you're capable of and pushing yourself to new limits and proving things to yourself that you never really imagined possible before. Yeah, and I think that... that going through some of these limits is essentially how you get to that goal. Like dream big, pretend that you don't have any of this baggage, just ignore it all for a little bit, let go of all the baggage, make the goal. But then in order to get there, in order to actually achieve the goal, you, cause as soon as you make the goal, let's be honest, you're going to pick all the baggage right back up and, totally. and try and carry it. But you can't get there while carrying all the baggage cause the baggage is too heavy. So literally the journey is dropping all of this junk that you're carrying with you, all of the doubts and the fears and quite frankly, the logic and your brain telling you that it's not safe and saying, no, 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 we're, we're going to go for this. That's really the only way that you can have any chance of achieving the goal. Yeah, I think that that's a really, really important point, like for us to start traveling more lightly, right? Like we want to travel lightly and so much of that is mental, right? Like we want to let go of these limiting beliefs that disguise themselves and that try to hold us back and pull us down. And a lot of times, you know, these limiting beliefs do disguise themselves. We, you don't think that we're trying to limit ourselves, but we actually are. And some of the ways that these can disguise are in procrastination and perfectionism. Like these are two of the biggest ways that we can actually, um, sabotage ourselves essentially, right? Like if we procrastinate from setting the goal or from getting to work on the goal, then we are just proving that that goal is not achievable. Right. It's essentially failing before you even start. Right. And this goes back to where we started of spending too much time trying to create the goal. Ultimately, you're just wasting time procrastinating because you've got the goal in mind. You just don't want to say it. So you just keep procrastinating being like, ah, the goal is not perfect. I'm not sure exactly of the timeline. Maybe I should reevaluate my starting point. Maybe I should just work a little bit and kind of change my starting point and then I'll start working towards that goal. Mm -hmm. You're just fiddling around and twiddling your thumbs. You're not getting anywhere. You're just procrastinating, which is literally just avoiding putting the goal out there which is the big scary goal and then going for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we like get people that join our team all the time that say this, you know, like, Oh, I should have started this two weeks ago. Like, or I should have started this a month ago, but now I'm starting. It's like, it's that fear of like saying the big thing out loud or getting to work on finding, you know, they think that they're going to, they need to find the right coach or they need to find the right training plan or whatever it might be when deep down they probably have a good idea of what they need to do or at least start doing right. And then can kind of figure it out a little bit better along the way. So don't let procrastination get in your way. And the second way that it likes to disguise itself is perfectionism, right? We have this need for being perfect. So we figure if we can't get it right and we can't do it perfectly, then why even start? And I know that this is definitely something that held me back for a long time. And it's still something that I catch myself in um, relatively regularly. I think I'm getting much better at putting things out there and being 
messy about it, you know, but like even when I'm doing silly things like recording a reel on our Instagram, and if you don't follow us on Instagram, make sure you do over at Real Life Runners. Yeah, because you never know what Angie's going to make me do next. I know, it's fun. <laughs> I've, I've made him like pretend to be Elsa's mom in from Frozen. Like you guys have to go over and check out our Instagram reels. But, um, you know, even silly things like that, that really don't matter, you know, like they're fun and they can be educational and they can be entertaining and, you know, maybe they're stupid who knows but like you know I have the other day I was filming one and I filmed it like I don't even know how many times and like did I really need to film it that many times just because like my dance was like slightly offbeat like no I probably didn't like I'm very happy with the outcome of it and I just posted it today which is Wednesday July 28th so if you haven't caught it yet make sure you go over and catch it it's it's a fun one um but like you know there's little things like that that we do because we want them to be better. We want them to be perfect. They end up taking up so much time that we could have spent doing other things. Right. And this is part of the um, not controlling the timeline is perfectionism. Just because you aim for a goal, let's say the goal very running specific is a certain time in a 5K. That doesn't have to be the only 5K you run. Like that 5K is not the only chance you have to achieve the goal. And some people put like a time for a marathon out there. And no, like, but 5Ks are so painful. And so it would just be easier if I achieved the goal the first time so that I didn't have to do it again. Okay, but let's go to the other end of <laughs> the time goal on a marathon. Yeah. Like marathons tend to have a, a much longer buildup involved Also in painful. So if you don't <laughs> achieve the goal on a 5K, you can kind of try and recuperate and come back in a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, especially for those of our listeners who hopefully it's back at some point. I know it's come and gone during COVID, but different countries that have park run where they're literally hitting up a 5K at their local park every single weekend. Mm -hmm. Man, I wish we had that instead of paying $35 for a 5K and having to like travel and find one that's at relatively close park. Anyway, um, so hopefully park runs back for those of you in in UK or Australia, and I think there's a few other places. They're in the US too. I've looked it up before. Really? Yeah, there's just not really any by us. So we we could start one. Okay. Yeah. That's apparently Maybe we'll what... add that to our list. Great. We'll add that to the list. And not be per- perfect or procrastinate on it. No, we'll have to make <laughs> sure that that is perfectly a USATF certified 5K right. course before we could do anything. Yeah, no, they're they're more um, like up in the northern United States, uh, okay. but there's not a, a ton down here yet, but they are starting to um, expand a little bit, I think. Okay, cool. Um, but you don't have to achieve whatever that goal is on the first time. Just because your timeline was eight weeks or 12 weeks, that could get you to the race. That doesn't have to be the race. Mm -hmm. And people get bogged down, especially if it's a longer thing like a marathon, because they're like, oh, I I trained for six months for this thing. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And you're farther ahead than you were six months ago. So take a little downtime, let your body recuperate from the race, and go back for it. You might not need another six months. Maybe you got a smaller window. Maybe you want to take another full six months. You can do whatever you want. Just keep moving forward. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's easy for us to tell you this, but like understand too, that we're human. Like I will tell you very transparently, like I ran my first half marathon in 2011 and I was very excited to do my second one and I had it picked out and then I realized that I was pregnant. So I couldn't do that one. And then it literally took me almost seven years. Okay. Like I was like December of 11. And then my next my second half marathon was February of 2018. Okay. So a little over six years to do my second half marathon because I felt like, well, I already achieved the goals that I had set for that first one. So if I'm going to run another one, it has to be faster. And I'm not going to run one until I know I can do it faster. And honestly, I really want to break two hours this time, right? Because then again, I, I got into all of these issues, right? The comparing myself to my past self, comparing myself to other people, wanting to impress my running friends or not let them down. Like, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't let them down, but like, I felt like there was an expectation on me. Like it's still something that I have to get over as a running coach, right? And as a running expert of like, having an expectation to perform a certain way. And if I don't achieve this goal, does that make me less of a coach? And sure enough, it doesn't, you know, but it's (laughs) like, one of those things that like, is still human, like, you know, even when 
you get this, even when you know this, like to then put it into practice is something different. It's something that you're probably going to have to keep repeating and keep reminding yourself of this, okay? So because we can understand things rationally a lot of times and then our emotional brain comes in and wants to tell us a different story. And you're like, nope, I'm not going to listen to you today. I'm going to do this instead. And that's what we really want you to remember. Like it doesn't have to be like, okay, I got it. And now I'm never going to have those thoughts and feelings again. Those things are still going to come up. You're just going to be better at dealing with them. Right. Those things automatically come up. That's the whole concept behind the big goal is you automatically are going to get those thoughts coming up. And then you keep working through of releasing some of the doubt and the anxiety and the logic and saying, no, 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 this is still the goal. We're still going to work through it. And your, your concept behind the impossible goal that you already accept the craziness of it, but you just want to see how close you can get is a great method of kind of pushing through a lot of those doubts. Yeah, because it's the journey that is the amazing part. Like we always say, you know, the celebration, like the race itself is the victory lap. And you may or may not get the time you want on that victory lap, but it's it can still be a celebration of all of the weeks of training, the weeks, the months, the years that you've put in to get to that place in your running life or in the rest of your life, whatever that might be celebrate the journey, shoot for big things, dream really big, and then see what you're actually capable of. It'll make your life and your running journey so much more exciting. So guys, thank you as always for joining us and for spending this time with us today. If you're not already following us on Instagram, get your booty over there and follow us at Real Life Runners um, and send us a DM. Once you follow us or if you are already following us, send me a DM. I would love to connect with you guys and just say hey and learn a little bit more about you and your running journey. Um, I would love to chat with you more in my DMs. So that's at Real Life Runners over on Instagram. And of course, we're on Facebook and the other things too. But I would love to connect with you guys more on Instagram so that you guys can see some of the cool content that we have planned for you in the upcoming months. Yeah, connecting is great, especially if you want to connect over impossible goals. Those are always fun. I love fun. it. I love, I love connecting with the runners and just kind of learning more about your running story because you guys have such inspiring stories. And I love to share those stories on Instagram also, right? So if you have a profile that you post about your running journey or anything like that, make sure you tag us because I love to share inspiring stories of real life runners out there doing the thing um, every day. So guys, thank you for spending this time with us. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends and family. And if you haven't yet, go follow us over on Instagram and send me a DM um, and let me know what you thought about this episode. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 210. Now get out there and run your life. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.